the Van Sisters podcast. Hello there, welcome to episode 13. This is Emma and we're on to part two with the interview with Melinda Charlesworth. And I finished the last podcast on a pivotal question and so many of you were complaining that we left it at such a cliffhanger. But don't worry, it's back. We're ready to play. Here you go. So yeah, Mel, what about people who are in relationships and they're working on themselves but their partner isn't Mm. is that a recipe for disaster I mean we're talking about opening up the lines of communication here what is what's your recommendation well in any relationship you know obviously there's two people in a relationship and you can't change your partner you can't make anyone do anything anyone who's ever been the mother of a toddler will tell you that you can't make anyone (laughs) do anything so but all you can do is change how you show up in a relationship. And if you change, the dynamic of the relationship can't help but change. And so either when you show up in a different way, your partner will show up in the way you need them to show up or they won't. And either is okay, you just need to make a decision as to what you do with that. So I think... Um, have you you've talked about the love languages? Yeah. Yes. In your pocket, yeah. So I think they're really important. So if you know how you need to be loved, and you communicate that, so they're not mind readers. You know, most men, you know, let's face it, they're not they're not always the sharpest tools in the shed, particularly <laughs> when it comes to love. And so you Just have to them and do something else to them, and they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, you have to articulate how it is you want to be loved, you know. So for me, you know, my two dominant love languages are words of affirmation and physical touch. So, you know, if I walk into the kitchen and I put my arms around you, I expect you to hug me back, you know, like that's how I want to be loved. And words of affirmation, you know, tell me I'm nice. Tell me you like me. Tell me you like having me around, you know. Um, And I think being in long-term relationships where obviously, you know, people have come in at a young age and then they leave, like I've had conversations and people go, guys say, well, you need to tell me because I'm not not used to dating. Mm. So if I've been dating for four years and you've been out six months, like, well, tell me what to do because I don't know what the rules are or what the, you know, there are no rules. We talked about that. But they what they do want guidance. Mm. But in one instance it was like, well, why, why didn't you message me back or why didn't you call me? And he's like, oh, well, I wasn't sure because he didn't know, you know, and, you know, we might come across as strong, independent women. <laughs> I don't know how, but <laughs> we might have bred a few as well. Um, but it's knowing that your language is a love and going, yeah, well, I do mm. want to come and I do want to be, mm. have that physical touch. Yeah. So you need to articulate what it is you need and you need to understand how they want to be loved. So, you know, it's it's not because they may not, they may not express love the same way and they may not want to receive love in the same way. So you just need to understand that and decide what you're okay with. So and and then make a decision. So and whatever the decision is that's right for you, that's okay. As long as you understand, you can't change anyone. So you need either need to accept it or leave it. Yeah. You know? And, and I, mean, I think you know, it's having those those um, 
ba- not I won't say boundaries, but standards. Having standards mm. in yourself. Okay, this is what I want, and it's not about being picky. It's not about being, you know, there can be so many negatives around that. It's not mm. about that. These are my standards. This is what I want, and, and if communication is the thing, or your love language is, is your thing then that is okay to say that mm. and stick with it. But that whole settling thing, we talk about it a lot, don't we, Alicia, about the whole settling, people settling, oh, well, I'm not going to get anything better. I may as well just put up with this because there's no one out there or, or that attitude that all men are X, Y, and Z. But, um, yeah. Yeah, and I think the older you get, the more you, the less likely you are to settle and you kind of yes. realise that it's not worth it and that it but if you sh- if you know what you want and you show up as your best self that's what you're going to attract you're going to attract someone who's showing up as their best self now their best self may not be right for you yeah and that's okay but somebody's best self will be right for you and you just need to you know hallelujah Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So back to the baggage. So how do we know then? So we've been triggered, something's happened, or we've gotten upset and we're noticing, we're observing how we're reacting. Like what do we do with it from there on? Okay. So I often talk about emotions as being like water in buckets. So, you know, when you've got a leak in your roof and you stick a bucket under it, it slowly fills up, but then when it, at one point, there'll be one drop of water that will drop into it and that will be the thing that overflows mm, the bucket. The straw that broke the camel's back. Absolutely. So, and, and emotions are like that. And if you process your emotions on a regular basis, you can keep the level down in your buckets. So then when stuff comes at you, you don't react. So I generally find when someone, you know, occasionally something will happen and you'll see someone just go completely ballistic over the silliest thing, like, you know. The the falling down moment, that movie, Falling Down with Michael Douglas back in the early 80s or whatever it was, and he just lost it. Yeah, so like you leave the lid off the toothpaste or you leave the toilet seat up or you don't do the washing up or something and someone just loses their lolly. And that's what I'm talking about. That's overflowing your bucket. Now, generally, the greater the reaction, the older the emotion is that you're dealing with. Oh, that's a good thing to know, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So you're generally dealing with really old stuff when the reaction goes. And I firmly believe that most domestic violence is caused by men not processing their emotions because it's generally a reaction to something completely inconsequential. And We have a saying, the problem's never the problem. Yeah. So when, you know, you have a client or a friend and something, you go, whoa, hang on, where did that come from? Because mm. the reaction was far worse than what it should have been or yep. more dramatic or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and that's because you're not dealing with your emotions. And there's, you know, I mean, basically, like, you know, there's thousands of different emotions, but they basically boil down to effectively there's six. Psychologists have kind of drilled them all down and said, okay, there's six six emotions or six buckets, if you like. So. And we, we label them either positive or negative, and they're not. I mean, emotions are just emotions. They're not positive or negative or anything like that. But 
just for clarity. So there's the so-called positive emotions, which are like, um, you know, happy, joy, love. Then you've got the so-called negative emotions, which are sadness, fear and anger. So there's various different ways that you can deal with sadness, fear and anger. Now, women are better, stereotyping here, women are generally better at dealing with their negative emotions than men are. Men tend to not do sadness and fear and it comes out as anger. Yeah. So, you know, if because they're brought up not to process that, you know, men don't, real men don't cry, all that kind of thing. But by the same token, women are brought up not to show anger. So we don't process our anger, which is why you end up something happens and you go batshit crazy because you haven't processed your anger. And so it's, it, you know, we, you know, as women, we have issues with these so-called negative emotions as well. Like we'll cry when an ad comes on and that keeps the level of your sadness bucket down. Um, so, for instance, to, get, to keep the level of your sadness bucket down, you cry. Like, you know, they talk about having a good cry. Mm. And there's a reason why they call it a good cry because it is actually really good for you to cry. Um, and, I mean, I used to, when I first got out of my marriage, um, I used to stand in the shower and cry and then, you know, wash my face, get out, get on with the day and look after my kids. You know, I didn't necessarily want to cry in front of them. I mean, they do see me cry occasionally, but to the level I, you know, I was doing the ugly Oprah cry <laughs> on a daily basis. It's that releasing of the emotion, like literally yeah. just get it out. Yeah. Because it's not going to be stored in there anymore. Yeah, so you're physically getting it out of your body. And, and anger is a bit the same. You've got to get angry but not at anyone, not, you know, so you yeah, can do, energy. yeah, so it's, and it's generally a physical process. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that advocate, you know, punching a punching bag. And while, you know, for, for women that can feel really confronting, there is actually a lot of research around, like, rather than punching the punching bag, I advocate laying it down. And using a kind of axe chopping, which sounds. I've terrible. done that with. I've kicked it. I've jumped. I was thinking kicking it. the shit out of it. Yeah, yeah. I was. Kick, I've kicked it. It's, that feels quite good, actually. But yeah. <laughs> be so you know, this kind of action, because when you do this, you actually open up your chest, and it does change something. So the axe. And yeah, we haven't got video Jesus. on podcast. It's an. Axe. Oh, okay. So okay. yeah, so I'm doing like an axe chop. Bill's axe murdering people. <laughs> yeah, so it's not like the Norman Bates. <laughs> um, I'm not stabbing. I'm okay. chopping. Chopping, um, right? And it, um, yeah, it's it's about a physical release that actually helps. You. And the first couple of times you do it, you don't, you kind of feel like it's a bit stupid and it doesn't do anything. But if you kind of make an appointment with yourself to do that on a regular basis, then after a while you'll find that that is actually how you express your anger. And it was funny because I, I was having an interesting conversation with my kids the other day. They said something about, you know, somebody, you know, somebody's parents having an argument. And I said, well, have you seen me and my partner 
you know, have you ever seen us have an argument? And they said, no, actually, now that you mention it, we haven't. And I said, well, yeah, because we don't, because you don't actually need to argue with your partner mm-hmm. when you're in control of your emotions and when you, you know, when you have effective communication. You know, like I think in the 18 months that we've been together, there's been twice where we've actually had not even a disagreement. That's not even the right word with it. Was it a robust, robust discussion? even that like it wasn't even any anger it was just like saying hey when you did that that really upset me because yeah and going oh actually yep I can see how you could have reacted that way okay I'll do better and and then doing better (laughs) so is that Alicia very progressive very progressive (laughs) and and the thing is if you if someone says they will do better and then they do do better yeah. that's the key it's when yes. they're full of apologies and then the behavior doesn't change yeah that's when because did you notice when I described that conversation there wasn't actually an apology mm. apology yeah. it's just an ownership <laughs> of the behavior it's just oh okay yep I can see how that would have upset you I'll do better or I'll do yeah, it differently, yeah. or I won't do that again. But it wasn't. It's not actually about the apology. It's about acknowledging the behaviour, acknowledging that. Yep, I can see how that could have upset you, and not getting defensive. There's no to defend yourself. There's no need to apologise. It's just okay. I get that, and then creating a new normal. So that you and also not hanging on to that, like not hanging on to oh well. Last week that happened and then kind of yeah. reliving those past mm. bullshit yes. arguments. Like yeah. it's none of that anymore, is it? It's just this is what using we Alicia and I call it using our words. Yeah. <laughs> we had a conversation this morning, yeah. Remember we were talking we about that this morning, going like, well, whatever happened in the past happened. And if you can forgive and move on, that's great. But there's a lot of people still living in the past, even though yeah. we can't go there, it's gone. Well, they're lugging the baggage, Alicia. They're lugging the shipping container. I imagine your shipping container is very organised, Mel. I can see it all. (laughs) I've Marie condoed it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll put show notes for her. She's amazing. (laughs) Um, But but it's the same with a, a potential partner too because, you know, sometimes you don't know what's in their shipping container. And I remember actually having conversations with my ex-husband when we were first together where he would judge me for things that were things that his ex-wife had done. And I remember saying, yeah, I can't fight a ghost. Like you're attacking me for things I didn't do. You're attacking me for things that somebody else did to you. How can I defend myself against that? You know, you're not you're not upset with stuff I've done. You, you're upset with stuff that's been done to you. And as a as the innocent victim of that, that really hurts because you're kind of like, well, what do I do with that? So I think when you've been on the receiving end of that, it makes you that much more cognizant of not putting that on someone else. So if, you know, like I know we've talked about people being unfaithful and how that can create trust issues and things like that. And while I get that you need to um, protect yourself, you also need to recognise that your your current partner or your potential partner or whatever, they've never cheated on you. Yeah. Yeah. And so, 
Yeah. yeah. So it's not fair on you. Like it's not fair of you to project that onto them. Sure, put your boundaries in place about, you know, telling me where you're going if that's what's important to me or showing me your phone or whatever, you know, whatever your stuff is that you need. Put those boundaries in place but don't assume the worst just because of the stuff that's in your shipping container. I remember a few years ago (laughs) um, I would be in past relationships, I would be quite needy and and quite clingy and be like, I I wouldn't directly say where are you, what have you been doing, but it would, in my behaviour I felt like I was like, oh, what what are they doing? Okay, I can't talk to them about that because then they're going to think I'm even more needy. But that was all me. That was all Mm. my past. Mm. And I look back at, I I send Alicia past Facebook statuses from (laughs) 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years ago and I go, what were you talking about, Emma? Who who are you? Who are you? It was disgusting. Yeah. At least you can see the growth. I can definitely (laughs) see the growth. Absolutely. But now well, I'm like, I don't question it. Like, I, I don't care where he is. Like, go go do you. Yeah, I have full faith. You do but, you. That's a famous but, line from someone way back when. <laughs> <laughs> I said that to a guy, you do you. That didn't work out very well. But anyway. No. I think with that, I think when you were talking about love and control back to the other, I'm flipping right back. Mm. Some, oh, well, I'm guilty of trying to help people too much which then on the flip side comes back as I was trying to control them. When from my genuine, you know, from the deepest part of my heart, I was just trying to help because I wanted their life to be as amazing as my life. So that's an and interesting. And it bites you on the bum. Yeah. Well, one thing my mother always used to say is everyone's entitled to go to hell in their own way. <laughs> okay. and, and I think sometimes you just have to remind yourself of that. And, you know, sure, you want to help, but as I said before, you can't change anybody. And I think when we stop trying to change people, you know, sure, create an opportunity within which they can be successful, but you don't, you can't change people. You can't push them into success. You can't, you know, they need to find that path for themselves. And I think just modelling showing up and being your best self can be, um, you know, it can help. It's like, you know, I, I used to watch Emma um, going for her daily swim in the freezing cold ocean and think, you're nuts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, know. You're, you're a crazy yeah. lady. Yeah. And, and then, but I've always loved the beach. I've always loved the beach. I've always loved the water. I've always loved the ocean. And, with my current partner you know we swim all year round we you know we jump in the water in the middle of winter and and all the rest of it and I look back on when I used to think Emma was crazy and I think okay now I'm crazy too <laughs> and I think it was progressive it's progressive again it's not crazy <laughs> um so I think partly it's seeing it modeled is you know seeing positive things modelled, you kind of go, okay, well, I'm I'm not crazy because she's doing it too. Um, the whole also, success leaves clues, right? Like success yeah. leaves clues. If someone is being successful in a particular area, what is it they're doing? How can I mimic that? And yeah, you've just explained it great. Yeah, hmm. and I think 
when you see those kinds, so you can't like you can't change your partner, but you can show up. And if they see you showing up, they're going to go, okay, I either need to step up or step out. Mm. And 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 I think you know while that's not an easy decision, it's it's something that you need to understand is your decision. Yeah, the whole stepping up thing we talk a lot about, Em, don't we? It's like, well, just step up. Yeah. I love the analogy of, and I, I think of this often, and I may have already said it on the podcast, is being the lighthouse. So you're the lighthouse going, shining the light and, you know, protecting the, the ships out there and guiding them to safety. But the lighthouse isn't running out and saving the ships in the storm. <laughs> it's there. It's sturdy. It's shining their, their truth and their light. And I think in relationships we need to be the same. We need to be the lighthouse and not be running off and saving a little tugboat down the road. Yeah, that's me. Thanks, Em. Um, <laughs> I didn't say, say that. Where are they? Let me come down. <laughs> How many ships can I How save today? How many containers have you got on yours? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> the heavier the better. <laughs> I'm a great declutterer. Let me get in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the analogies, the analogies we could go on with. <laughs> so if we could tie this beautiful, um, the, well, I think we've turned into two episodes now, which is amazing. If we could tie these two beautiful episodes in a lovely little bow at the end, what could we, how could we finish this conversation in a, in a really nice way to help our listeners? Well, I think, um, you know, probably number one is, if, if you're going to go out dating, you need to know what it is that you want uh, and, and you need to realise that your list is a, a, is a living document. <laughs> it's a, working a bucket project. of water. <laughs> that you need to, you know, you need to keep adding to as the universe presents you with what you say you want and you go, oh, actually, no, Hang must on. have teeth. Um, <laughs> um, you know, must have a job. Just on the on the subject of having a job, I, I one thing I learned. <laughs> no, I don't have a teeth story, but I do have a job story. One thing I learned. It's not as common these days, but certainly when I was between my first and second marriage and I was online dating, I realised that self-employed was often a code for unemployed. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> so you know. That's just a trap for new players. Um, <laughs> so, you know, if they say that a job, am I bare minimum? Like, yeah. can we just go for the and maybe have a car and a license? That'd be yes. awesome. Too. So, if they say they're self-employed, you need to get a website address. You need to be checking that <laughs> puppy out. www.centrelink.com.au. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, because you know it's really easy. To call yourself self-employed, um, and All right, um, so fluid list. Yeah, so so know what you want, <laughs> yep. and know yep. actually do some work on yourself before you get out there. Because if you're showing up as your best self, you're going to attract something completely different than what you're going to attract if you're going out there broken and desperate, and you know still. Um, bitter and all those kinds of things. Like until you work on that stuff, you're not. You're just not going to attract 
the right I person. I kind of use the analogy in sales like that. You know when you're desperate for the sale, like it is, everyone can see it. People can Now with the it. products that I sell, take it or leave it, that's what's on offer, that's the price and I've got the quality and I can deliver the job. And once you've got that self-confidence, which can come across with anything in your life, it's fantastic. Yeah. All comes with trial and error, of course. Yes. And many Absol- dud dates. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, do the work on yourself first. So so I think, you know, as Emma said, you need you need a bit of time out of the bunker to, mm-hmm. you know, work on your own stuff before you go and inflict your stuff on other people. Um, and put that pause between when you are triggered, put mm-hmm. the pause between the trigger and the reaction and stop and actually check in with yourself and say, you know, is this my stuff or is this their stuff? You know, are they trying to connect or are they trying to control? Um, and, you know, just a little tip from a narcissist expert, if they're trying to control, run. <laughs> run yeah. away. You can't yeah, change I'm with them. you there. Yeah, yeah get, out, get the heck out of Dodge. Yeah, there's no there's no place for controlling in a romantic relationship. So, you know. And you can't change behaviours like that. So I think people need to, like, even if someone's not a pure narcissist, they might have narcissistic tendencies. Mm. That can't be changed because they don't even know they're doing it or yeah, care. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say, yeah. Yep. And, and don't think that if you just love them a little bit harder, they'll get better. Right. Mm. No, just <laughs> <laughs> if only I just loved him a bit more. Yes. It's so not you. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's not me, it's you. <laughs> well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much, Mel. I love our conversations. Like if anyone ever sees us past COVID times chatting in a coffee shop, which we often do, and we're, you know, we've got our heads down and we're chitter chattering and laughing. It's probably this type of stuff we're talking yeah. about, which is awesome. I love our conversations. Thank you. We'll put all your contact details and social media and all of that in our show notes. Sure. Have you got anything that you would like to, to add to that? No, no. Follow me. You know, you can check out my website, coachmel.com.au or follow me on Facebook, coachmelau. And, uh, yeah, love to connect. Thanks, Great Mel. to see you girls again. Miss you, miss you, miss you lots. Yes, we miss you too. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Bye. The Van Sisters Podcast.